tangents and lost lives, lost sprites and lost nights. Everything's been played and played out, but here, the skybox is the limit. And to follow is a parallax scrolling, d rant that's mostly about video games. Mostly. I'm Matt. And I'm Tony, and in this episode we have the year 1995 for our mid-school memories, some epic updates on what's been planned, and a loose chat in our new segment. So let's get started. The early Super Nintendo was home to some mad in-game bosses, some that were nothing but pure, hair-pulling, controller-throwing hell. And one such boss is the Yellow Devil from Mega Man 1. It's a boss found near the end of the game in Dr. Wily's castle. The way it attacks is by breaking itself apart and reforming on the other side of the screen. So here, you'll have to use your hand-eye coordination to avoid it as it flies across the screen. Then, once reformed, it will fire off shots at Mega Man, and it's only during this stage that you can actually harm it as it reveals its weak spot. One red eye that opens near the top of his head. Many a man, mega or not, was lost to this devil. But here comes the cheese. With the thunder beam you have acquired from beating a lick man earlier in the game, you can use what is known as the pause glitch. There are two types of pause in the game. One using the start button, where you just return to the weapon select screen. And the secondary select pause. It's this one that we're going to be using for the pause glitch. What we do is we fire off the thunder beam while its eye is exposed. Then you constantly hit select, like over and over and over. Tap, 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 tap. You're still technically paused, but the thunder beam keeps attacking, and it'll whittle away the yellow devil's health. You've now just beaten one of the game's hardest bosses, only firing one shot. It bleeds pixels. So now we shall get into what's playing what we have been playing lately. Off the subject of what's playing, I managed to sort out my action figures and such like with some shelving. So that was one thing I did that I was pretty stoked on. Um, oh, so you're, have you started slowly organizing like a sort of hermetically sealed glass cases? Are you, are you taking over one half of the house that your wife's going to kill you over, but you know, no one in the family is allowed in there? Well, I put up shelves for her <laughs> that became for you well no like i put up many for her and i put up one tiny one unfortunately it's not that big it's only about a meter long not enough for as many you know toys that i have as a man child so <laughs> it's in the corner of our room is my little space that i'm allowed to put my shit into and yeah so it's high enough for the kids not to touch and it's yeah, it's good. So I mean, but, so she she doesn't mind that they are display on display in your room though, like that your shared room. She doesn't keep you like I don't know. Maybe she might have wanted you to keep it in a a wardrobe of say gaming swag. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I used to do. I used to have a wardrobe, which is like if anyone's wondering why the hell we have our image up as a, <laughs> as a because well, because I'm lazy. <laughs> It's all good. As a as a Pac-Man ghost, um, I really like that image. It's something I actually wanted to get is like a tattoo, even with the twogs on it. You should. Now, you that, should. now that I've said that, I have to do it. 
I'll keep hassling you till you do it. I've actually been thinking a lot lately about what I what kind of tattoos I want to get next because I don't have too many, but um, how I want to do them and where where I want to put them and what I want. And because um, I don't have any like video game ones. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's just a random thought I had just then. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> your t- your wardrobe of gaming swag. Oh yeah, so I used to have a YouTube. So for anybody that's wondering, the Twogs is an acronym. Is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Like, <laughs> it's, I went to school for a few years. <laughs> um, Twogs is Tony's wardrobe of gaming swag. That's what it's. That's what it stood for. Though so that's how cool I was. Pretty cool. Swag. Explain swag to me. I'm old. It's probably like the same as lit and <laughs> well you'll have to explain that to me too rad radical awesome ah, bodacious 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 awesome rad cool hip oh, <laughs> okay i'm none of those things but i get those words so yeah continue twogs in all honesty i was sort of going through this like weird period of my life and i i was kind of a little bit lost not sure what to do next in my free time and i was like get and then i started collecting and i was like i want to do something with this which is why this is cool like i don't want to just like sit in a room playing games i kind of feel like i'm at a stage where i want to put content out but not it was almost like not even for anyone it was just so i could do it so i'm doing something productive and at the time i was like if i'm quite honest i was like drinking quite heavily so um i got over the nervousness of putting myself out there by getting annihilated on camera. The only problem with that was <laughs> I um I was also editing when I was wasted. So I was like filming myself editing af- after after my drinking session and filming and then like just chucking it up. And yeah. um it was crack yeah, it was crack up. Like I really didn't give any fuck, so to speak. I had good um comments on it actually, like with um Yeah. Yeah, with people. And, I mean, and I guess even initially, people might not have even known that you were blitzed. So <laughs> probably just like, oh, this guy just is really loud and stumbles. <laughs> yeah, and seems to be like sculling drinks during the video, <laughs> turning to one side. Yeah, but so I had that, had that last little sort of. <sighs> and then back in with... I remember even going. This episode is sponsored by, and I'd say the alcohol and just like scull a drink, and then I'd be like <laughs> going, yeah, fuck, it was pretty loose. And um, but yeah, I had. I had I had on a on a it was actually like really fun and I was like collecting and I was like showing toys and like talking about stuff but then I was sort of realized like yeah I had so yeah not to get all into it but I had other things going on and it wasn't good for me to be like that um so I tried to like change things and yeah for the better yeah it's funny I still get like little comments about it to some people that were following it and that and the, you know, it would crack people up but yeah well you you you've sobered up and picked up a drunken me so although i'm not drinking now but yeah what's wrong with you get it get a drink down there (laughs) get get a job (laughs) but yeah there's nothing wrong with drinking it's all good and um games are awesome (laughs) and like i'm so stoked that we're doing this podcast now it's all good yeah so that was um a random really random tangent and this section's actually going to be quite large because i had a lot to say but i'll try and get through it so what i've actually been playing is uh shenmue so I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been playing Shenmue. I obviously went to um, there's like a picture of it on on our Instagram. I um, it's something that I picked up and it had a massive sale. It was like three dollars eighty or something. Um, 
because it was like New, Ze New Zealand dollars. New Zealand dollars because it was like 70% off the yellow sticker, this massive sale. And I'm glad I picked it up actually because the fucking book in it sucks, but it's got a poster in it. So I'm like, oh, yeah. super dope. Like Shenmue 1 on one side, Shenmue 2 on the other, I'm pretty sure. So this is a game that I've always wanted to play because it's like a Dreamcast game. It makes me want to get a Dreamcast and actually have like the Dreamcast edition, because it's something I'm quickly discovering. I fucking really like this game. Now, I got a lot written down, but I, I should probably skim through this a little bit, otherwise this is going to take forever. Okay, so Shenmue is fucking phenomenal. It's gra graphically impressive for the time. This game was actually made for the Sega Saturn, and the guy that was making it, it took him, it was something like six years in development, and then it went to the Dreamcast, and it was trying to, in part, save... The Dreamcast as Sega was in heaps of debt, like $500 million in debt, something crazy like that. It was trying to like revive it. But then what happened was, this is another little history lesson, PS2 came along and just um, absolutely like obliterated it. And they also yep. had, um, they had an open world game in that, which was GTA 3. So yep. Grand Theft Auto just, it just, that took over. And that's what sort of happened with it. So what's crazy about this game is it's the first part in a 16 part saga. That was supposed to happen. Yes, I've heard a lot about even the fact that I think the guy that made it actually doesn't play video games at all. Yeah, so he's like a visionary and he was trying to explain to the team when making it, but he struggled to reference. So like imagine making this game, like an open world game, but there hasn't been an open world 3D game like this before. So mm. he's trying to like describe to the to the um what do you call it? The guys making the game? What do you call them? Like the, uh, the developers, yeah, the developers, like yeah, the, he's trying the, to the artists, the artists. He's trying to explain to them, and apparently it was there was like a bit of friction with like they don't get what he's saying because the game mm. was so groundbreaking at the time for what it is. So one thing I, I could freestyle all this, but I wrote notes so I don't go off track. So <laughs> first thing that's kind of funny is that the Dreamcast controller. So it goes off that, you're on the Xbox controller. I'm so used to using the right stick. This is what happens when you go back to games. It's kind of shit. This is why I wouldn't mm. played it back in the day. But the right stick doesn't work the way it does like for your head to look around. So it's all on the left stick because the Dreamcast controller didn't have that right stick. It only had the left one. It's kind of a little bit clunky in that factor. That was something that sort of I had to get used to, which was annoying, but it's not the game's fault it's just the time the era of the game yeah. and you have to hit the bumper so this is something i didn't know i played the game for probably like two days straight i've been playing the last couple of days i'm probably like 20 hours into the game and apparently i'm not even through what would be the first disc this game was like a three disc game pretty crazy yeah so you hit the bumper and i realized towards the end i was like oh fuck so like through your house for example or anywhere in the game you can hit that bumper and look with the left stick and it will like you can then like open drawers and cupboards and shit. So it yes, this, I like I... it turns into this like point and click. So that's oh, what's yeah. so cool about the game is that it's so it's got four elements to it. There's a point and click, a FMV, so full motion video. So there's like quick time events or whatever that you're watching, um, which yep. has like but button prompts and stuff. And I know I've gone in the on in the past about how I hate that, but this is like an era where it works. Well, they probably weren't even common then, were they? Exactly. They even yep, fully. One of the first times that was done. Yeah, man. And it reminds me of like a rhythm game. So it's kind of, uh, it's done in a good way. And it's got third person fighting in it. So the same guy that made this uh, created or like developed um, Virtual Fighter. 
Ah, okay. Because so, that was Sega's sort of flagship fighting game, wasn't it? Yeah, so that's why it's got it's got that engine in it for fighting. You can see why this game took cool. so long to make. Yeah, so the first person perspective, you then find items. So something I'll just say one thing that's really cool. So it was this was supposed to be on the Sega's head and came out on the Dreamcast. So you go into this room, which is obviously the lounge in their house, and it's just so Japanese. Like I love it because I feel like I'm a Japanese person in Japan. But the game really makes you, it's like immersive and it's pretty it's, impressive. It's, it's built its world perfectly. Totally. I feel this game makes me realize I want to go experience Japan more than ever. <laughs> yep. And it's also one thing, it's teaching me Japanese. Do you have that with the games you play? So this is my first time experiencing a game like this where I'm, I'm like, hi, and like, you know. I pick up, I pick up certain words. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not not anything in depth. But yeah, and then there'll be a few things that I think, and then I find I've even probably ended up using them wrong because I know they're crazy with their whole sort of you know this is one way to say it, but it's like an informal way to say it. And then there's the formal way, and then there's different you know the same word but different connotations make it a different word completely. And you could say it to someone that's Japanese, and they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, like, and I can recall us both doing Japan, uh, Japan, Japanese at. <laughs> I'm we, doing did Japan. Ja we did Japan. We did Japan. Japanese at school, and our man and Tony do Japan. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our first, uh, you know, five hundred dollar Patreon tier. You can watch our poor video. <laughs> Real smart guys do Japan. Come watch. <laughs> Um, we both did Japanese at school, and I remember that. And you did, right? Did you do Japanese? No, I, did, I, I did Spanish. Oh, fucking hell. I'm misremembering that. Damn it. I thought uh, you did I Japanese. Did, no, and even then, I can count to maybe, I don't know, seven, eight. No, I remember eight because it's ocho in Spanish. And I can say Wednesday. <laughs> okay, I can. Yes, okay, so that's weird. I so thought you did Japanese. I thought, fuck. I should have. I wanted to. It was just because. Uh, what I the did fuck Spanish. Are you thinking? You do video games, man. <laughs> well, I did. I did uh, a year of Spanish and intermediate, and I thought, well, I've already got a head start. Yeah, so okay. I can have an easy, easy course if I do Spanish again. But yeah, again, it was like just the same classes, and uh, I regret that. Okay, well, I can. I remember some of it. Like I can say, "Hachimemashite, Tony desu, so yoroshiko." I can say. You know, I can understand some of that. I heard the word Tony. <laughs> yeah obviously i can speak japanese perfectly yeah pretty amazing eh? um oh yeah i'm pretty impressive guys um i'm probably mispronouncing some of that but yeah so when i'm playing when i'm playing it i'm just like well i was gonna say i remember sitting down on the first day of that school lesson and it was like the japanese alphabet is um there's four of them <laughs> and, yep. and i remember going fuck this like <laughs> that was my first thing was like oh man but yeah the paper in the air I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a random tangent there. So the weather in the game, anyway, going back to Shenmue, mm -hmm. is um, the weather is based on real-time weather events that happened in those days in the 80s, which is fucking incredible. So, because it's based in, in the 80s, so if it snowed that day, it'll snow. If it rains, if it rained in that day, like, real-time, that is, like, blows my mind. So he mapped out what the actual weather was in the days it's meant to be based in. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> this that is, yeah, that's, that's in depth. That's in depth. Yeah, that's why this took so long. To that's play. like psychopath level video that's, game coding. Yeah, man, you can imagine them being like, "What?" Like the you know, yeah. just being like, "This guy is a maniac." Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. You can spend hours in the game. So there's like all these little like there's an arcade there, for example. The games are Afterburner, 
Billards, Dart 7, Excite QTE 2, Hang On. So out, Outrun OTE, which is like OTE title, which is like boxing. Okay. Um, and I'm addicted to that one because it's a rhythmy type of game. Like you go XB and it like bam, bam. And like you hit these pads that are in front of you. Um, Space Harrier. And mm-hmm. back, back in the day, obviously on Dreamcast, it was um, promoted to be like an online console. So the high scores on the mini games were real. So you could be... Do you get what the I mean? Best in the world. Yeah, it was like real online. That part of the game was online. And so cool. you could be the best of the best. So that's pretty fucking cool, man. That's like, when I hear shit like that, that like blows my mind. One thing that's really cool about this game is that there's no car. So there's no fast travel. Like in Grand Theft Auto, there's those parts where you're like talking shit and you've got to like drive to the venue. The mm-hmm. world, and it reminds me, it puts it's immersive in that sense because it makes you feel like a teenager where you like pre driving, pre having a license. So yeah, like you're like leaving your home and you walk to the to each area and then you walk back. It's quite cool because it's like real time in a sense. Like you have to be home at a certain time. Like you're you're supposed to be home before um, like eleven o'clock, I think it is, or eleven thirty. And it's really cool like that. But that can affect the gameplay and the fact that you'll have to be somewhere at like three o'clock or something. And if you miss that. You actually have to like do some other shit or just go home go to sleep and go back the next day so wait for the next day yeah yeah and you can't fast time to that point so the game is quite time consuming in that sense so i can't remember what it is i think like a couple of hours is like 10 minutes real time so it, mm-hmm. it, it can be quite time consuming in that factor if you don't know where to go there's also no mini map apparently so there's because this game was like the first of its time it did miss things by accident in a sense so there is yeah. there is maps but they're like on the on the wall in the city they're not like in your on, on the left so you can like quickly see it so yeah, yeah. It, it, i guess well, i guess uh yeah game design that's now become sort of again the mini maps like staple in these kind of games but because it was first of its kind they didn't think to put it in there the same way that it would become so reliable yeah, in the future. Yeah, and so they knew that. So the, apparently the second one has one, but it has it, but it's on the wall. But the thing is, is I like that. That's what's funny. Like the things it's missing provides the charm. So yep. um, like I know you said like play Yakuza, but um, I will, but I feel like I want to start at the start and I'm really glad I am because it has this, this game feels like magic, man. It feels like it has this like heart and soul in it. That's mm-hmm. that's the that's the main thing I'm finding. Yeah, that's man. what you want in a game, basically. Oh, I know what I was going to say and I definitely want to put this in. So you can get like little items in the game. So there'll be like, a, you know, in Japan they have like little like capsules. They've got, I was going to can... say, they got like the, the, the catcher balls or whatever they're called, right? The little... Yeah, so on the street, you put the you put your coin in, it spits one out, and they have a lot of them, and it, they have them in the game, so they're like collectibles you can get. That's fucking cool. But you can yep. also get shit in the game, like you obviously get your... um, You get scrolls, which you learn fighting moves with. That's something I just thought of then. But anyway, with the POV bit, you find a Sega Saturn in your under the TV. You put it up and you put it on the TV, and I was thinking... Oh, imagine if you can go find a game and put it in the console. And apparently you can. I haven't got to the point yet. I'm trying not to do spoilers, but you can find a game and put it into your Sega Saturn and play that game on your TV. I'm like, oh man, this game is like, there's so much to it. And um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm going to keep playing it. So I'm obviously probably going to talk about it next time. I'm not playing cool. Animal Crossing at the moment. I'm just having a little bit of a break from that. Uh, but I will get back to that to come. To complete the decks for that, um, even though that's po- po- Pokemon terminology. But uh, Matt, what have you been playing? Well, I'm finally playing now, which is good too. 
TV is in the room, so the PS4 is back on. And this has all actually worked out kind of perfectly uh, because as you're playing Shenmue, I, and I know we've talked and I've mentioned to you that the sort of, uh, you know, spiritual successes to that were the Yakuza games. Uh, I am playing a game called Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise, which is a Yakuza game but it's based on the anime Fist of the North Star. So I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but it's basically Japan's version of Mad Max. Oh, but fuck, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's this desert world where everything that I'm doing is exactly what you're doing, but, you know, with a 2018 skin. Uh, so, yeah, again, you go to the arcades. You go to, you can find, when you were talking about that, you can find Dreamcasts. You can find similar it's not a dreamcast though because it's uh that those the anime was written in the 80s so everything's based in the 80s but you can get a home console for your apartment and play like yeah early sega games that's uh, it's so yeah, good it's, you can get stuck on that shit and just play the mini games eh? oh, like yeah. um because you can you can do bartending as a mini game to earn money there's like car races but if anyone that's played fist of the north star knows how hyper violent that is so you're then you know walking the streets you get into a a, a, a scuffle with you know, the local ruffians, but he's all about doing these special finishing moves that explode people's heads with pressure points. So it's basically Shenmue in the future, though in the past, because it is, well, it's also based in the 80s, I guess you would say, but it's post-apocalyptic world, but it's Shenmue with hyper-violence. So it is very gory. Uh, and I've played it before and have finished it. So yeah, it's not, not a new game for me to be playing, but uh, I had it digitally downloaded on the uh, from the PlayStation Network and just sort of was like, oh, I'll play that again. And yeah, just sort of fortuitous that you're playing, you know, it's it's granddad. It's cool that so we're that, playing the, I'm um, giving that genre a go and discovering I love it. They are very time consuming, but it's an, it's yes. for all a good cause. And yeah, I really like it. Eh? It's such a cool genre. Yeah. Yeah, man. And yeah, you've got all the Yakuza games to work through. I've only played a few, but I'd like to do all of those at some stage too, because they follow one character, which I believe Shinmu does too. And yeah, it's a sort of, it, uh, I think it time travels initially, because I think the way that they first made those games, he was already an established character and they've done like extra prequels and future sequels. I think there's even a Japan exclusive where it's a Yakuza game, but it's all zombies. And I'd like to get through all of those, but they're also hyper-violent. But yeah, you can lose yourself and just running around Tokyo and you know just going to arcade machines and meeting people and going to like you could go into restaurants and eat every menu item on there and that's like a little sort of achievement like going in and just ordering a whiskey and then you know you get an animation of the whiskey coming to you with nice ice and they'll talk to you about where that brand of whiskey comes from it's so in depth that's awesome. that's amazing that's that's real open world that's um that's really cool and yeah such a cool genre and there's genres within the genre you know it's like mm. that's what's so cool about it yeah definitely feels like more bang for your buck for sure so i watched a video on um youtube and it was about um game pass so game pass is such a cool thing on xbox you just pay a monthly amount and you get to play a whole bunch of games and they have yakuza zero and there's uh that, that's and, the one i've played so there's that's a remake of the original no zero's a prequel so oh, yeah, theoretically, sorry. sorry. Yeah, theoretically, so it's the first one in the timeline. So the other, okay, because there's another one on there, which is they say play the. So I don't know what it's called. You because well, I think it's there's one that's called like maybe Yakuza Kiwami or something like that, and I, that's the remake of the original. One. Sorry, yeah, I got them mixed up. Yep, you are right. I am absolutely wrong. And <laughs> oh, you're still right. Yeah, but this is um 
pretty uh, pleb noob at this genre. That's the one I should play and then play Zero because they're saying some people play Zero, but there's references that you won't get if you don't play the other one. So, yeah, that's what I've got to do, apparently. Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I look forward to hearing your, uh, you know, adventures in all these games as we continue to do this. It's going to be a while because it sounds like I have to play Shenmue 1, then 2, then 3, and I know nothing about 3. It just blows my mind that it was a 16-part saga, and this is because you don't fight the the guy that kills your father. And it's really... No, I've actually heard mixed things about Shenmue 3 because I know it took them 20 years to make number 3, and it started as a Kickstarter. And from what I've heard, it actually is almost kind of... Like he's then used Shinmu three to try and get Shinmu four made. Yes. So it's almost like they're sort of. I've heard people say that it's not actually that worthwhile because it's kind of pointless. And for what you know, people have waited twenty years. The fact that he then didn't actually try and finish his game because he might not get another chance. You know, people might not have been interested. Yeah, and I feel like this is where maybe he was thinking more. Along, I love that it was a game that he was going for because I love that. And that's what's mm. interesting because, you know, you might have seen on an Insta story, I'm posting a lot of toys and, and, and shit like that. I went to uh, Mark One, which is a phenomenal store in, near where I live. And I spoke to the guy behind the counter there and it's, I love having those sorts of conversations. And it made me realize like talking to him because I'm more of a video game guy than like a comic book or anime guy. It made me realize that these stories are just so fleshed out. And it made me realize, like, for example, with Shenmue, why isn't it? Or he was kind of doing a, a video game in the way an anime may be. That's kind yeah. of the way, because there's so much to it. And he, this guy, so this guy was talking to me about One Piece. And he was explaining about how he's seen it all on Crunchyroll. Yeah, he was talking about how in-depth it is and how characters come in and seasons later and it's real in-depth. And I was like, when I played this game, I'm kind of like, well, there's 16 parts to it. This is one part. Why is this? So my point is, is why is this not? I'm glad it's not. But then maybe it should have been because this didn't get made. Like the games didn't get made enough. Like imagine seeing like part 16 Shenmue like on the shelf. I kind of wish it was, I wish that was a real thing and Sega was still a real thing. That would be mm. real cool. But it, like it, it's weird that, or maybe one day it will be put into um, games 1 to 16 or could be an anime. That's one thing. That's kind of my point. Yeah. Yes. I think uh, sometimes with these properties that don't quite, you know, Again, it got sort of moved to uh, Kickstarter 20 years later that sometimes if they're not that lucky, they might get wrapped up in a, in a comic book or, you know, some sort of extra media, which is, you know, what you hope. Because that's, I feel, some of the worst things when you get so attached to something that then doesn't get to finish. Yeah, and I reckon that, show. and I think that has a little, why the game maybe gets a bit of hate because people um, are just like, oh man, there's no ending. Like that's such a, yeah. such a blue balls. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just showing, like, on that note, I could go on and on about Shenmue, but it's making me realize this isn't, like, a Shenmue review. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like, so I've got to get through the other games and see how I go, and um, I can always talk about it later. But, yeah, this genre is real cool, and I know that you're a fan of this genre, and so it's like we can sort of, you know, swing both ways that way about this game. So that's cool. Yeah, man, share notes. <laughs> So here's our new segment, the anti anti news segment. Um, I had a couple a, of things. It's a good title. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah. I'm a smart man. You're a smart man. I'm a creative man. And <laughs> I'd like to collect all of one thing. That's just what I wrote on a piece of piece of paper. So I wanted to. 
wanted to have a quick discussion with you with the fact that I, I look at collectors, right? And I used to collect and I was thinking it'd be cool to collect for a system, for example, and have like every game. But I think the way you almost have to do things now to afford it or to, in reality, or to enjoy it a little more, in my opinion, is, for example, I would like to collect all of the Terminator 2 games or or the action figures. Or I would like to collect like the Emperor, like Star Wars, like action figures and Lego and shit only. Or just collect for, even though I just, I'm going against what I just said, but just collect for the Game Boy. Is there something that you would like to collect for? Like, could you see yourself collecting that way or? Yeah, I mean, you're sort of saying like you pick a character or even just sort of, I guess any way collecting. Yeah, if, you, if you've got that sort of niche thing that you're into. Because I've got certain things that I guess I do do that. Not necessarily in games. Like, I mean, uh, definitely I try and pick up as many RPGs I can on all consoles, but I've never thought about a specific console. But uh, my favorite artist of all time, who does come from video games, uh, his name is, I'm going to butcher it, of course, uh, Yoshitaka Amano. And he was the character illustration for the original Final Fantasy games. Okay. And basically, the minute I saw his artwork, I was like immediately captivated by it. It's hard to explain he does watercolors everybody's very effeminate so all the males look like women all the women look like women everybody looks like women even his weird like little mushroom ghost characters he draws side by side almost look a little bit female but it's just gorgeous and yeah i have since anytime i see his name on anything i will buy it so i've got books and books and books and books of his so i guess that's one thing that I will continually collect no matter what. And yeah, so he started with Final Fantasy and he's done character illustrations for other places. I think he used to draw um, Battle of the Planets. I think that's at least how we got it over this side, which was an anime. They were like weird bird people, kind of like Voltron though. They they piloted big robots or spaceships. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing. Is that kind of what you're asking? Like just sort of a niche thing that I'm into or... Yeah, basically. I think that's what I was asking you. Just like a discussion on, I mean, we've pretty much just done it. Yeah, just like if there's something that you would collect for. I just think, I think what I'm trying to say is like, that's like a new way of collecting now, rather hmm. than trying to collect everything and anything, you kind of go even more niche. So you don't yeah. just go like, you know, yeah, that you, you answered it. Like you just happen to like this. See, like, I don't like all of Star Wars, but every time I see an Emperor, because I think also with the Emperor of a Star Wars, I don't see them. So you always see like Darth Vader and you always see Luke Skywalker and shit like that. But like mm -hmm. I don't see like there's a set that has the Emperor, like this Lego set. And just when I see him and there's lightning coming from his fingers and stuff, I'm just like, I want that. Like it's just like this immediate, like I, like I want it. It's not like other sets yeah. for me where I see it and go, oh, it's kind of cool or it's cool. But yeah, like you, like you say, you see that artwork and you go, I like this. You immediately know. And I think that's yeah. quite cool to, to then pigeonhole yourself to that a little bit so that way you're not going all over the place yeah yes yeah because it has meant that you sort of end up buying uh different forms of media still within your circle that you're trying to collect for yeah and i like that you 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 answered it in a gaming sense too like where you collect rpgs you're not trying to get every rpg for the ps1 you're saying like which would be nice and you still like that but you're kind of like I just collect them. So it doesn't mm. like whatever console it is. It's like you just get them. And I think that's cool. Yes. Yeah. Which is, does serve as a little bit detrimental though, because I have found sometimes I, I buy them because I'm like, well, that's an RPG. And then it turns out to be utter garbage. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's still. And I'm like, like, cool. I, I I played you know two hours of that. I I got two achievements. My 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 uh, because I'm on trophies now, not achievements, because of the PS4. Probably looks pretty weak. People will probably be like, well, he's not a proper gamer. He only got like the first two achievements, <laughs> trophies. But I'm like, no, it's just because the game sucked. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, I like that you think about that because I used to think about that with my 360. Like, um, and I actually had a comment from a couple of gamers that were like, that I was like, you know, friends with in, uh, on my 360, and they're just like, well, man, you're like your points of your like achievements are real high, or they're like because they can see mm. your your history, and that's actually something I like doing on the Switch. I always look. I like that my like Stardew Valley and my Animal Crossing hours are like real, you know, like getting up there because I'm yep. like, you know, a game motherfucker, you know, like it's yeah. <laughs> it's funny seeing people that have a Switch and like there's like no gameplay on it. I'm like, why do you even have a Switch? Like, mm. but yeah, it's um, that's quite cool. Yeah, to each their own though. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think yeah, you'd go through my list and see because you can they're called well because it used to be like a hundred percent on. Uh, the trophies right or the the gamer score would add up to a certain number like usually a thousand but on the playstation it's you get trophies and they're sort of like you get bronze ones you get silver ones you get gold ones right and then okay you, you get you get the platinum if you get all of them yes so i i have platinumed a few games but usually now i mark that as like if you looked at it and see that i platinumed it it means i actually enjoyed playing that game that i wanted to finish it to it's an entirety I think I remember seeing some of your like gaming on the 360 and it was like, cause you always, you necessarily wouldn't always be online, but there would be like Lego games that you would have like, oh, yeah. a lot of achievements in. <laughs> Mainly just cause those are the easiest ones to do. But those Lego games, I actually, they're kind of like, I know how we sort of talked uh, last week about, you know, you sort of had that embarrassment of Pokemon when you were younger. Yep. I feel that's kind of what I have these days with the Lego games. Like I feel a bit dorky telling people that I play them, but and well, the, you, the gameplay itself is monotonous, but I just, I just love just sitting there for hours, just smashing bricks, getting little bits. You, d- you, you, did, you didn't bring it up. I did, so I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you said you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I said you, oh, you did. I, I saw your, I saw your trophies. Like your, I saw that you were like trying 100 percent, or you had 100 percented. Because it says the percentage, like of how much you're yeah. through, and yeah. your Lego ones were real high. So I'm saying yeah. I I saw your your gameplay through lo- looking at you online. Yeah, yeah. And what did I say? Uh, you said um, take your clothes off, and I was like, no thanks. <laughs> Stop bullying me, Tony. <laughs> I can't change. I can't race this back immediately. I can ruin you in editing. You do realize though. <laughs> I could turn all your segments into ums. Um, 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 and you go, um, but, um, oh, do you only put the bits in where I'm saying don't put this in? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'll edit it back in to be like, why did you say that, Tony? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, Matt, you good. are very good at turning me on. <laughs> shout, shout out to Matt being the um, awesome editor. He's great. Oh, he's learning. He could be better. Just quickly, I wanted to cover iDubs, as we mentioned in the last ep. Now, um, I think this has something to do with me following him for quite some time, and I know his, like, backlog and things, so I sort of, like, get the in-jokes and things a lot. But um, I just found with the documentary that it was just interesting how, because iDubs went on an H3 podcast. I don't know. Have you ever heard of that? podcast yeah, or that's the couple right 
Yes. Yeah. So I think he's sort of friends with um, they're sort of friends together. But anyway, I quickly just listened to like a podcast about this like episode. And he just basically said like, you know, fans and things were saying like, this guy's real interesting because because he's introverted, but he's also extroverted. And he's yeah. kind of like this weird oxymoron. What's the deal with that? So like, that's why in a, in a weird way, he's kind of interesting. And the one thing I wanted to point out was the tape in his room was like perfectly done. It was awesome, but it was also kind of disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I found. And um, yeah, it just cracked me up how like, you know, iDubs, for example, would were in public and he, he's sort of like, oh, you know, Dex Flame's like, you should give it a go. Talk to people. And like, he tries to do it. And he's just like, no, no, no. I would need to stop. My anxiety is going mental right now. Yeah. And that sort of cracked me up. But I just thought it was an interesting way of uh, just a direction, just seeing like what a YouTuber will do over the years and how they sort of develop and change their channel, not just stick to the same thing. I just yeah, that was that, interesting. That is, that is definitely a plus. You but know, we talked. That one can evolve. We, we talked off. Um, Mike, you basically said you 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 didn't like it very much. <laughs> no, not really. That's why I was almost like, do you want to do this a little bit? Because I didn't know. I'll, I'll just sort of, all I'll say is, I sort of came to this realization a little while ago where I think sort of celebrity for some people is definitely different for other people. And I think I just get a bit weirded out by these guys that sort of, especially on YouTube, that their careers are reviewing other YouTubers. Yes. If that makes sense. So for me, I'm like, I, I can get, I can get it. Why, why people are into it but for me i just i just don't see the point and also there's just that sort of little part of me that's that feels i mean i'm, I'm sure you've taken it a different way and as you say you know a bit more than i do but i think i just started watching it and i think there was one bit where he was like you know you could tell he was itching to sort of talk to him about uh if he had asperger's and i just was like is this mean-spirited i can't quite tell so yeah i, I don't totally... like i mean he he, he sort of you know didn't I mean, he did mock him a little bit, but it, it sort of looked like it was joking. But it, again, I just sort of was a little bit unsure if, if it was all in, you know, who, who's, yeah. who was it really benefiting, if that makes sense. I totally get what you're saying. And I think what's cool about it is that the internet is a very cruel place and comments rip people mm. apart. And it's mm -hmm. quite, I think he's sort of going to these people to prod them. And he sort of goes to do that to see what their reactions are like because they're very thick-skinned. And it's sort of towards the end of the documentary or like with yourself fatty as well it sort of exposes it as in like he's not shitting on him he's not praising him he's just kind of like filming him in a sense and mm. i think when he goes to do stuff like that it's just his straight up point of view he's very black and white he won't fuck around like he'll just like but yeah i get i, I get that take and i know exactly what you mean because there's points where it's like oh i don't know if this is a good thing but um yeah. yeah for that reason and you don't want it mean spirited but i feel he does it in a good way in the end but there's moments where you're like okay this is like sad and it's sad yeah. to watch yeah yeah i can totally get yeah. that and and i will admit the first time i did attempt to watch it for some reason i thought it was really smart after <laughs> having sort of a big night and a bit being a bit drunk i was like oh that's right tony wanted me to start watching something so i sort of put it on you got a minute in. I was just like, no, I can't do this right now. This doesn't seem. Yeah, you might not like be the in the right frame of mind. Might, yeah, the right so. frame of mind. And that reminds me of you giving me a Kira when we were kids. And I tried to watch that with a friend, and we were watching it, and I was real hungover, and we were, I was passing out all the time in the morning. So it gave me mm. this skewed, annoyed. Because you know how you get irritated, how you fall asleep and you wake up, and you're like, yep. I'm watching bits of this anime, and I've already just, I don't know. 
anime yeah, other, misfits. Yeah, yeah, misfits of this um, Akira, and I like. So it made me like hate it, but it's like I don't hate it. I just hated my frame of mind at the time. So that's funny that you mentioned that. But yeah, mm. anyway, that covers that just so we can touch on it so we don't just like yeah. not talk about it. But yeah, that's cool. Cool, cool, cool. So now we'll get into our mid-school memories, the year of 1995. For me, I picked a game developed by Bullfrog in 95. It's a construction and management simulation video game, and it's Theme Park. <laughs> ah, yeah, cool. So this game has a lot to do with, like, a Stardew Valley element with me, how, like, there's something, it feels like there's something wrong with my brain. I love the grind of the game. So I have played this on Mega Drive, which they call uh, Genesis in, you know, the US of mm -hmm. A, uh, a Saturn, a PS1, Nintendo DS, and PC. <laughs> so I remember just... This is where I developed a little bit of like a love for speed running a game uh, once again, not knowing what speed running is, but trying to do things as fast as possible and trying to like, because it's a management system, trying to manage it. I have played like SimCity and stuff like that, but for me, like I did enjoy that, but I love, it would be better to have a keyboard and mouse for this, obviously, but there's yep. some sort of, I just basically have a love for trying to use a controller, as annoying that is. It's sort of like an art form to me or something, to be able to, that doesn't really make, yeah. sense, make sense. But there's, no, I, I get you. Yeah, there's sort of like a knack to do it without a, a, a mouse and, and keyboard. Yeah, and so, but um, actually I played it later on on the DS and that was quite cool with the touchscreen. And I played it so much, this is like recently as well, like about three years ago or something, I was like playing it hard out at work. I got real addicted to it again. And I played it so much that it etched markings permanently on my bottom screen <laughs> so that sucked yeah uh that was on my dsi excel man i just such a fun game i just got memories of playing that in my in my sleep out when that first got built at, at my house where i grew up yeah i'll just grind away at it um i also later on loved um theme park hospital and theme park world on the pc um you, yep. could, you could unlock different lands you could get more food and drink stores and like better new rides and I loved the uh, bird's eye view and the art style of the sprites and the rides. And I, I found, uh, I like the animations. Um, for a harder level of gameplay, you could manage this, you could set it on, get out of like a sandbox mode instead of like sitting in sandbox mode. And you could manage stocks, shares, negotiations, research rides. Yeah, so that would make the game harder. Sometimes I would do that, sometimes I wouldn't. Yeah, the game speed could be adjusted. So it could be, you're not just sitting there waiting around and you're just trying to control. It sounds real mundane, but I had this real love for it. Eh? Um, controlling the happiness of people. Like, for example, like you could get them, well, you could get them real thirsty by like upping the salt in the fries and then like making them go to your drink store. So oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you had to, I remember you had to be careful to not put like the food stores too near to some of the rides because the uh, people would vomit and then you'd have to have ah. more, you'd have to have more cleaners. And I used to love, so it was sort of like construction art in a way, the way you build your rides and you'd make the roller coaster go real awesome. And there's also like a, like a water ride, that you'd um that, like a tube ride and I would like make loops and try and make it all fit together and it was like a real like yeah designy sort of thing to do that was really fun and that's about it I mean other than yeah there was the different maps like you had like an ice level and a sand level and things like that that's about it honestly but I definitely have to mention that game um and this is the first time that I've actually 
had a game in mind to choose the year. As odd as it is, I've just absolutely loved this game. So if you haven't played it, give it a go. Like, as I say, if you've got a DS, it's you can get it and they'll be like real cheap. I think I grabbed it from like $3 from EB Games a while ago. And um, it's just such a fun game to play if you like that sort of game style. Yeah. Nice. Have you, like, because I know sort of what would be the, the successors of those these days is like the Zoo Tycoons. And I know they recently released a Jurassic Park themed theme park game i think there's a game it's called something like two point hospital or something like that it's yep. it's a game that just got released for switch and it's on it might not be called exactly that i think that's what it's called though and i looked at it and i was like oh but it's on the game pass for xbox so um i'm going to this is something else i was thinking of doing is actually getting the game pass and maybe talking about and playing some of the games that are on that because there's a whole ton and yeah it's cool i like the game pass but it has has its flaws as well, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Rad. All right. And I guess I should rant about my 1995 mid-school memory. Uh, I've gone back to the well. We're doing an RPG, uh, and I have gone with Chrono Trigger. Have you heard okay. of this one? Yes, I have. Yes. Uh, although I will have to give a quick disclaimer. I definitely did not play this in 1995 because um, I did not own a Super Nintendo. I actually had to wait till probably around 2001. I remember deep in my my uh, Final Fantasy binge, uh, and you know I'd played seven, I played eight, I played nine, uh, and then started sort of re-releasing the old ones in like box sets. And I saw that they released over in North America, uh, Chrono Trigger, and it was also coming with Final Fantasy four, which I also didn't own and hadn't played. So I was waiting, hoping that that would come our side. It did not. Uh, Final Fantasy four did, but it got packaged with something else. Chrono Trigger never made its way onto the PlayStation at least in Australia, that I could see. Uh, so I had to play it on an emulator. It was a common way that I used to play a lot of the old classic games. Uh, got through Earthbound, Legend of Zelda, all of those on an emulator just on my computer. Uh, I had to sort of cheat the system. And now you can sort of buy things on the DS and everyone's got a reissue. But yeah, it was a bit tricky for a lot of, uh, you know, Australia not getting much, well, I say Australia, but Australasia, not getting much love in the way of certain releases. But anyway, we've got Chrono Trigger. It was another one from Squaresoft, who's basically the giant. They're the ones that created Final Fantasy as well. Uh, and what really sort of drew me to it, apart from hearing obviously good things about it, was is that the art style was done by Akira Toriyama, who did all the illustrations for Dragon Ball Z. Right, and, okay. And, and also the Dragon Quest series of games, which was also another series of games I got to play, emulated version. But generally, it's, you know, once you get sort of down brass tacks, it is an RPG. It has all its usual trappings of what an RPG was at that time. It borrowed the uh, ATB system from Final Fantasy, which is the active time battle system. So basically, you have to put in a command. If you're not quick enough, the enemy will attack. Uh, the one sort of new gimmick in this was the fact that the enemies would do an attack and it would sort of move them around the screen or where you got into battle, they'd be in different placements. So certain abilities that you had could only be used if certain enemies were lined up a certain way. And you did like double team attacks with your, with your uh, party members. But if, you know, you were on the other side of the screen and your party member was somewhere else, you wouldn't be able to use certain abilities. And its main trappings was its storyline. And this is where it's basically considered a masterpiece because it had a time trap storyline where you jump in between different time periods and eras and certain things you do in one period can affect the future. And sometimes you're having to go into the, the past to grab elements that can only be used in the future because they've since become extinct. The thing, the funny thing with time travel is it's so convoluted and it becomes so hard to describe. Oh, I know. 
I know. Especially in this one where you're jumping in and out of different different areas. Uh, eras, I should say. Right. And yeah, it's just a lot of good fun. And sort of, you know, one of the first, I can see why it was considered such a masterpiece in its day, because up until then it was pretty much just, you are a warrior. You need to go to castle. You need to defeat bat monster. And then rinse and repeat with a castle, a cave, a castle, a cave, a cave, a cave, a castle, until you finish the game. Whereas, yeah, this had you jumping all throughout time with characters that you're limited even in them with certain characters. You can't have everybody in your party. There's certain things you can do that will then lock off that party member for a certain playthrough. There's even a way that the uh, end game boss, where I won't completely spoil, but because it's time travel, you could actually fight him right at the start of the game and could possibly win and get a different ending depending on that. And this is all just on, you know, one simple Super Nintendo cartridge. But yeah, that is my game of 1995. Epic, man. That's cool. And I, there's no shame in emulating and um, giving things a go. It's cool to like, since you like that, like you can always have this thing like later on, you could get a Super Nintendo and buy it and you can be like, ah, oh, this is awesome and give it a yes. go later on. But you need to know what you, there's so much out there and there's so there's too many games. So what you want to do is find out what you like. So I reckon emulators are good to find out what genre you like, what, what games you do like and then by the rather than the other way around going around i'm going to collect everything and they, they just sit on your shelf and collect dust and i just think it's cool to actually have shit that personally again to each their own but i like to have things that i actually play rather yeah. than sit there and say that oh, i have it to have it it's like i would rather have things that i really love instead of just yeah man and i've definitely be learning that with the rpgs on the ps4 where it's been finding you know one man's gold is you know i'm just finding utter trash so i'm getting them because they've got these sort of reviews and you know they're almost a big franchise and here they are on the ps4 but again they're not really doing much for me these days and you know the battle mechanics are sometimes i think that might even be uh a thing that sort of happened to me in my my elderly statesman age where i know obviously i talk about the classics so i guess the system there was kind of simplified but a lot of these new ones that have these sort of new you know you've got to be these action rpg-esque element rpgs just aren't working for me and it's all yeah. about big boobed you know power girls that i'm like that's also not <laughs> when it comes down to storyline not my tick either and anime titties oh yeah all over the place <laughs> everyone's your waifu everyone's in love with you even the weird like you know little pokemon-esque creatures that you pick up in most of these games too everybody seems to want to jump on that anime buster sword yeah and I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the same, and that's why I, in a sense, like I enjoy the simplicity to some to some games and the errors of some games. It's um, it's there's a peacefulness to it in that, and it's um, you don't need all the flashy lights sometimes. All right, and I guess that leaves me next up with what to pick the year next year. Ah, next week, I should say. <laughs> next year see you next year yeah. Tony <laughs> bye bye episode 6 coming in 2021 <laughs> but let's go with 2002 for the next mid-school memory choice I'm down okay well that was our last coin our last continue and our last life we've reached the kill screen that's it for us in this episode thanks for listening you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but that Insta is our main plug. We update there with gaming and non-gaming related content like toys. I went crazy with that Insta story. <laughs> saw that, man. It's awesome. 
Yeah, so check, check that out, if you will. And it's a bye from me. And a bye from me. Catch you on the next episode of It Leads Pixels.